Welcome to Pathway to Faith Podcast, the media ministry of Harvest Church International Outreach, where we elevate and nurture families through the Word of God. We are so glad that you are here and believe that God will change your life through today's message. Let's listen. Okay, so the last two services, we have discussed assignment, purpose, and timing, correct? And so the man of God, the man, he earned that D on Wednesday. He earned that man of God on Wednesday. Um, he did an absolutely amazing job, and I'm so very proud of him. And um, it was really, really good. It was really, really good. And so um, we've been talking about timing, and timing is different than time. Timing is different than time. Um, but he mentioned something. He said something. Um, he said... Some of us are in the belly of the whale, and we don't know. And then he said, some of us have been in the whale so long we've gotten comfortable. So um, that inspired my thought, because um, I was sitting there, and I said, oh, well, you know, that's not me. I'm not, I'm not in the whale. You know, that's not me. And so the Holy Spirit said, well, you always think it's not you because, you know, there's no hero in the story. And I said, well, there's other, you know, thinking that I knew the story. You know how you've heard a story, so you believe you knew the story? So I, I really thought I knew the story, so I was like, well, there's Jonah, there's a whale, and there's God. I was like, well, I can't, I can't be either three of them. You know, I certainly can't be the whale, right? And I certainly can't be you. That only leaves Jonah, and I do what I'm supposed to do, right? <laughs> you know, sometimes you got to ask, don't I? Um, and so he was like, well, again, there, there was no hero in the story. So you don't see yourself. Um, in David and Goliath, we tend to think we're David instead of Goliath. Because we don't want to see ourselves as standing in the way of somebody getting to God or cursing God. In, in Blind Bartimaeus, we don't see ourselves as the crowd trying to shut him up. We see ourselves as the one who was screaming, trying to get to Jesus, right? So when I read the story, I was like, well, are you saying that I am, I am somebody? Like, it, did I miss something? Did I, what is it about this that you are asking me or telling me, instructing me to, to read this? And, and I have something. I, I think I got something. Okay, so let's go to Jonah 1. Yes, there is a book in the Bible named Jonah. It is. Let's go to Jonah 1. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Yes, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up, from, come up before me. So Jonah is, is technically a Jewish prophet, Right? And so the job of a prophet is to give good news, kind of give you future things, and to deliver not so good news, right? So Jonah is instructed to, to give this word to Nivea, and he just says no. And so I'm like, well, what is it about him, or what is it about Nivea, that he says 
know so quickly. There was not even banter with God. Like he didn't even try to reason with God on this. He just said, oh no, I'm not doing that. And I have another, can you, baby, can you have my phone? I, don't, I have another translation I didn't want to, uh, it's in the front pocket, um, that gives you a little more detail. Um, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, and God, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach, and preach and tell them. So this translation says, the Lord sent the message to Jonah, the son of um, Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and give them this announcement from the Lord. I am going to destroy you, for your wickedness rose before me, and it smells to high heaven. But Jonah was afraid to go and ran away from the Lord. He went down to the seacoast to the port of Joppa, where he found a ship leaving for Tarshish. He brought a ticket, went on board, climbed into the dark hole of the ship, and hid there from the Lord. So I wanted to know about Nivea. Well, Nivea is in... Asariah. It's one of the cities in Asariah. And um, in the 8th century, one of the greatest powers. But it was one of the most violent and cruelest powers. So, so much so that when you went into the city gate, um, there were skulls in buckets announcing that we don't play that around here. I mean, what else could you be saying with skulls in buckets? Um, you know, um, that you'd hang people from stakes around their gates. Um, they would cut the fingers, gouge the eyes, cut the nose, um, cut the ears of women and children with absolutely no regard. Um, they would hang the heads of their military enemies from the trees of the king's court. They would just hang them there. So I understood why he ran. Right? Now we can kind of understand, we can understand why you ran. Okay? Because these not no people to play with. Okay? And you're sending me to one of the cruelest and meanest powers in the land. And you're just sending me. You're not sending nobody with me. And so, in order for him to run, he ran 2,500 miles out of the way. Where he was supposed to go was only 500 miles. You see how far not taking your assignment will move, remove you from God? 2,500 miles away. He, is in, he, he goes to get on a ship. He goes to the bottom of the ship, and he's going 25 miles out of the way. And according to, to the, all the translations that I read, he never told God out of his mouth, no. He just did it with his actions. So you mean to tell me that I may not have said anything about the assignment you gave me, but my actions communicated my no? So then it says, but because Jonah was afraid to go, he ran away from the Lord. He went down to the seacoast, to the port of Joppa, where he found a ship leaving for Tarshish. He brought a ticket, got on board, and he climbed down to the dark hole of the ship to hide from the Lord. I, I don't understand that, Jonah. 
I don't get how you could go down to the bottom of the ship and thought that was a hiding spot. But hey, to each its own, when you're afraid, you know, you do things that don't quite make sense, but it makes sense to you in the time. Because fear will cause you to do things that make sense to you, but make sense to no one else. Right? So it made sense to him at the time. This translation said, then the Lord, okay, then it says, but Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed to Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for the port. After paying his fare, he got on board. He sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea. And with such violent storm arose, the ship was threatened to be broken up. All the sailors were afraid and each cried out to his own God. And they threw the cargo from the ship to lighten the ship. I went to hide from you, but now I need to get your attention. How do I get your attention on a ship? I create a storm. Now, at this juncture, we would say, God created the storm, correct? Because the wind and the waves obey him, correct? And that is true. But I wonder sometimes, if the storms that are swirling around me are because of the decisions I made and God has to get me back to where I'm supposed to be. And, and, then, and then to know that I, I got out of position and then got with people and put them at risk too. Because God could have sank the whole ship. And if he had sank the whole ship, then I, that means the blood of innocent people are on my hands. So, so, so I, I get on the ship, and one translation says he got on the ship and went down and went into a deep sleep. How dare you? So you thought you were hiding enough, but I think that's, that's the, other, the other side of the, the deception, is that... God's going to leave me alone. So I'll rest. It's not, nothing's going to happen by me saying no, so I'll rest. Like, I will close my eyes and rest. All the while, there are people above me paying for my decision. All the while, my children are paying for my decision. All the while, my church is paying for my decision. All the while, somebody's paying for my decision. Then the Lord sent a great wind, and such a violent storm arose, the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid, and each cried out to his own God, and they threw the cargo from the ship. So not only was he costing the ship, he was costing the people on the ship, so that means that his decision, so all the stuff that the car, all the people that the cargo was meant for, mm, all the stuff that the cargo was, the cargo, all the people who had cargo on that ship have now lost. So the sailors lose. The cargo's gone, and the, what the people who are expecting the cargo have lost. 
can we see the, the ripple effect of, of being out of place? That it does affect more than just you and your immediate. That I know sometimes, you know, because it, it, it may be true that, you know, you hear a word, you hear something, God says, do something. You're like, no, I'm not doing that. But, you know, you know, your children might pay a price or your husband might pay a price. And so that may be, that might be rational. You might be able to rationalize that. But if all of this section is going to pay for, your, for you being out of position, could you handle it? Like, your whole section is going to drown. Because you won't get in the ministry of health space you're supposed to be because somebody don't like you. Or you're the person making it hard for the person to come in. So they can't come in to help you because you are making it too hard. And so now everything's out of position. And now we're running on the last minute. And every time we get something done, it's on a wing and a prayer. Something that was sent to ultimately bless you. We're rejecting it. Because we just, we just refuse to, to be in the assignment. So I kept saying, God, well, who am I? Can you tell me who I am in the story? So it says, um, but as the ship was sailing along, suddenly the Lord, the Lord flung a, t- a terrific wind over the sea, causing a great storm that threatened to send them to the bottom. Fearing for their lives, the desert sailors shouted to their gods for help and threw them cargo overboard to lighten the ship. And all this time, Jonah was sound asleep down in the hole. So now everybody's calling on their God, saying, okay, help, something's going on, what's happening? See, that's how they get introduced to your God, through chaos. This is how you introduce God to people. Through chaos. They, they keep you from dying, but that's getting ahead of myself. They, 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 they trying to keep themselves from dying. They want to keep you from dying, but this is how they get introduced to your God. So then, so the captain went after him. What, what do you mean, he roared, sleeping at a time like this? Get up and cry out to your God and see if he will have mercy on us and save us all. Wake up. You know, call on, call on who you know, because who we know ain't working. <laughs> who we calling is not showing up. So I need you to wake up, but... I, and I, this, is, this is the other thing. I think they thought he had peace because he was sleeping. They, I think they thought he, he, he had to know somebody greater because he was resting. So then it says, um, then the crew decided to draw straws to see which of them had offended the gods and causes this terrible storm. And of course, Jonah drew the short one. (laughs) The sailors said to each other, come let us cast lots and find out who is responsible for this calamity. They cast lots and the lots fell on Jonah. So they asked him, tell us who is responsible for making all this trouble for us? 
What kind of work do you do? Where did you come from? What's your country? What people are you? He answered, I am a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. So this terrified them. The sea was getting rougher and rougher. And, and they asked, what have you done? That's really what the Bible it says, what have you done? They knew he was running away from the Lord because he had already told them. So I'm like, oh, you, get on, you just get on the ship and be like, oh, yeah, I'm running from God. No, no worries. I'm going to just go down here and go to sleep. And uh, I'll be back. You know, so they, I, he had told them. So apparently it came up because you don't tell things that don't necessarily bother you. So at some point it had to be bothering him because he said it to someone. So he said, uh, you know, they knew he was running. And he said, I am a Jew. I worship Jehovah, the God of heaven, who made the earth and the sea. Then he told them he was running away from the Lord. After refusing, so already after refusing the process, he cost other people time and money. He created his own peace while he was sleeping, but that only lasted briefly. He made innocent people responsible for him. And, and the storm is being, in, is being experienced by people who hadn't done a thing. They hadn't done anything. But they have to experience what you experience when you're out of position. They have to feel what you feel when you're out of position. So then it goes on to say, the sea was getting rougher and rougher, so they asked him, what should we do to you to make the sea calm down for us? So he really says, pick me up and throw me in. <laughs> I probably wouldn't have said that. <laughs> but we can find another way. <laughs> I know I was wrong, y'all, but let's do something different. Um, he says, pick me up and throw me in, he replied, and it will become calm. I know this is my fault and that this great storm has come upon you. So he says, throw me into the sea, he said, and it will become calm again, for I know the terrible storm is, has come because of me. So throw me in. <laughs> yeah, I'm stuck there. Throw me in. That's a lot because it almost means kill me. That's, that's, that's what you're saying. Just let me die. And I'm like, do people really get to the point where you would rather die than do what God said? And most of the time we think of physical death. I'm talking about spiritually. That you would rather just die. I would rather just be going through the motions. I would rather just be doing whatever than to do what God says. The interesting thing about Nivea is at the point from which God was going to send him or told him to go, Nivea was at its weakest state. God don't send you nowhere to fail. So it was at its weakest state. So he really could have got in there and did what he needed to do and been okay. And it's not just fear that sends 
you the wrong direction, it is not a believing in the God who sent you in the first place. Because if God to him was greater than Nivea, he would have had no problem going. If, if, the, God, if the God you say you serve is, is greater than what's going on in your present state right now, then what exactly are we upset about? What, what exactly are we, are we fussing over, toiling over, worrying over? What, what exactly are we worrying over? So then, so the, the contrast is, he's throw me over. Just basically just kill me. Instead, the men did their best to roll back to the land. Still, these people around you are trying to save you. Still, the people around you are trying to get you in position. Still, the people around you are trying to spare your life. So he says, they tried harder to row the boat ashore, but couldn't make it. The storm was just way too fierce to fight against. Then they shouted out a prayer to Jehovah, Jonah's God. So then they prayed to Jonah's God. Oh, Jehovah, they pleaded. Don't make us die for this man's sin. <laughs> That's exactly what it said. Don't make us die for this man's sin and don't hold us responsible for his death. For it is not our fault. You have sent the storm upon him for your own good reasons. <laughs> See, there will come a time the people around you will say, listen, you and I are going to have to work that out because what you causing in my life. And so I wonder, I said, God, how many storms have I been in because I had the wrong person on my boat? How many, how many things have I been in? This storm wasn't even mine. This wasn't even mine. And I was almost drowning, sinking, taking on water, can't halfway swim, got to throw stuff off my boat. I got to throw this off, got to throw this off, got to throw this blessing off, and God just gave it to me. But I'm trying to make room for you, and you're not even supposed to be here. I'm doing all I can to steer toward the, you have given up because you said throw me over, but I'm still trying to roll you to a shore. Everything was around me raging because God finally wants me to get these grown children off of my boat. I don't know who that's for. I don't You have gotten in the way of their consequence long enough. They're never going to see God because they can't see past you. You fussed enough. I don't know who that's for. I don't know where that came from. I'm, you know, hey, but take it. Be blessed. Um, yeah, because I have little people, so, you know, I don't, I don't know that plight, but, you know, amen. But how many storms have you been in? 
And then here was the other question I asked God. Because I, I really ask questions. How many storms have I caused for other people? How, how many storms have I caused for other people? How many, how, many, how many spiritual lives have I put in jeopardy? Being out of position. How, how many things have been delayed because, because I refused to do something in the ministry? Because I didn't feel like it. Because oftentimes, when you say yes to something, when it's time to do it, it is inconvenient. Oh! When you say yes to it, you are hype. Like, yes, I'm going to get in here and I'm going to do it. Yes, we're going to change the world. Yes, we're going to be. And then all hell breaks loose. And then you got to come and you got to battle with being annoyed. Because for, some, for whatever reason, you had to be at the meeting and you and your husband fell out. And you don't even know why. For some reason, you got to do the balloons and you and your husband can't get along. You don't know why. I got to transcribe the tapes. I got to be on the ushers. I got to be on the greeters. I got to be on whatever. But me and him just can't get along today. Been fine all week. Been loving each other in the Lord all week long. Amen. Holding hands, walking through the tulips, and the minute you say you got to preach, kaboom! We didn't do that this week, though. Amen. We doing good, babe. We done learned. We done got this thing down. We done got it down, babe. So, um, but all of a sudden, you know, you got to come, you got to come sing. You know, you, you're responsible for pouring the oil before the man and woman of God get up here. And somebody don't talk to you in the hallway. Somebody rude to you in the hallway. Somebody rude to your children in the hallway. Somebody doing something in the, and, and all of a sudden it's like annoyed. You get real annoyed. Then you got to come in and try to shake it off. You got to come in and, and you got to try to, you got to try to get it, get over it. You got to come in and you got to, and then while you're trying to get over it, the Lord be like, well, you know, that wasn't them. That was you. What? Excuse me? Well, if she didn't speak, why didn't you? I, I don't, I don't know. And this is how God's dealt me. I know this is not y'all. I know y'all real saved. I know it. I know it. But I, this is how God deal with me. Because I'd be like, oh, oh, so we're not speaking today? But then I have to ask myself, but you didn't either. You got to give what you require. You want somebody to speak to you? Speak to them. You, you mad because they asked you to move your seat. And sometimes we don't even listen. We just go see where we want to sit and then dare them to say something. <laughs> see them in place and it's your turn to shout real good, real good. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna sit where I want to sit. Oh, you're not, I'm not sitting back there. I'm, I'm not sitting back there. 
And then if you've been around Harvest Church any length of time, you know after that second pillar, you can't sit back there because that's the place of the heart section. Your heart battling back there. Yo, so come on, tell the truth. You know if y'all go past that second pew, y'all go past that second pillar, are you in a heart test? You mad because the man or woman of God said something that hurt your feelings. Or because you in leadership, you can't sit at the back, so you sit off on the side. Stop playing with me. Stop playing with me. You get all the way on the side. You barely clapping. Really thinking, I, you, they just really be, be glad I'm here. Just be glad I'm here. Like, like you being in our midst is a privilege. Like you coming to hear the word is privilege. Like God wanting to say something to you, you being here is his privilege. God is talking to me. I don't know about you, but you know. I'm gathering myself. I gather my own edges while I was doing this message. Thank you. The word comes for me first. Okay? So he's doing all of this, and it's affecting all of these people. It's affecting all of these people. If we really took an account of all, what is it, the seven degrees of separation? Of all the people that you being in position aid, help, and assist, and what all the people that you being out of position destroys, stresses, and sends them into death. If you could really see it, if you could see all the people that get off kilter because you are off center, if you could see all the people who are affected by you having an attitude that day, if you could see about all the people who, who decide not to come again, not to try again, not to do it again, because you had an attitude in that moment. So then it says, instead the men did their best to row back to the land, but they could not, for the sea grew even wilder than before. Then they cried to the Lord, please, Lord, do not let us die for taking this man's life, but do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man. For you, Lord, have done as you pleased. Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. And, and this... And this the men greatly feared the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord to make his vows. Now, God's always going to get the glory out of whatever's happening. So he did get those men converted to him, correct? But in order to do it, they had to throw a man overboard. But then we get to two, and after two, we're going to stop. And, uh, it, it, says, it says, now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah up. And I got stuck on providing because when we think about providing, that's not how we think of God providing. So you mean to tell me the well wasn't a punishment but a rescue? So you weren't punishing me. You were rescuing me by way of whale? 
I, 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 I was thrown off, and that was to save the people. I fully expected to die, right? But I was, I'm thrown off, and once I'm thrown off, I get rescued. Because it said the Lord provided. For I shall supply all your needs according to my riches and glory through Christ. He provided the whale. And he provided the whale because the sea would have drowned him. And the Lord said, I, I really was like, well, why didn't you just let him die? I know that's a bit morbid, but he didn't do what you said. It's clear you were trying to get his attention. It's clear he was like, I'll just die. Why wouldn't you let him die? Because you can't die without doing what God said. Won't, won't let you do it. He really won't let you do it. If that means a whale has to swallow you up. And a lot of times we miss the provision because it didn't come the way we wanted. So I'm sure he would have liked better accommodations than a whale. A cruise ship would have been good. You know, another cargo ship. Another, something that didn't cause me to be on the inside of an animal would have been much better. But it was a rescue nonetheless. And couldn't appreciate it because it wasn't dressed the way I needed to be dressed. So I sent him because you said you wanted him to come. But he didn't have on what you thought he should have on. So you didn't value the rescue. She, she didn't look like how I thought she was going to look like. So I said, that can't be God. And you're still by yourself. Because it's not packaged the way I want it to be packaged. Because it's not with everything you need. Everything you need will we'll deliver you and heal the land. We'll, we'll bring you to the land of milk and honey. You, but you might have to show him what shirt to put with what pants. You might have to go get her fitted. If you're the fashion person, you might have to go get her fitted. You, you might have to go, but it's going to elevate your life. Going to bless you all the rest of your days. It's God's best for you. But he's not in the package. Because he has to look like more chestnut. He does. That's your requirement. He has to look like more chestnut. While there has been no standard of what you must look like. have very high expectations and you should you should there's no reason why you shouldn't you're you're a child of the king correct you're, you're a king's kid correct but if he has to be six nine and muscular and and zero percent body fat what do you have to be I'm just saying you gotta you gotta you gotta you gotta reach the right way right 
you got to you, you, you reach. You, you, you kind of got you to gotta reach the right direction. And I'm not saying you can't have it. I'm not saying that at all. But you have to give what you require. You, you want him to, to dress in name, brand, and designers. Well, what you put on? You want him groomed all the time. You want him to be clean cut, beard in shape, bald head. That's what I like. That's, that's what you want. So what is it that he may want when he looks at you? And, and then you want her to smile. Did you smile at her? You, you want her to, to, be, to look pleasant and look like she ain't got no, no issues, no problems, no concerns. Is that how you come in? If she, if she, if she says hello, and, and just because she says hello doesn't mean she wants you. Can we sweep that? My God. She's just, she just saying hello. She really, for real, she just saying hello. Just high. Just high. Sit. Sit. Just, just saying hi, okay? But, but did you respond back? Did you say hello back? A, a different time, different scenario, I'll tell you the story, because I said hi. The first time I ever met Daryl, I said hello to him, and he didn't speak back. He's going to try to tell you he's different, but it's not the truth. It's not the truth. We have gone over this several times, and it's not the truth. And, and, and he didn't speak. He was with his whole crew. He's with his whole crew. I can remember what he had on. He had on a white button-up that was crisp, jeans that was crispy. He had on some Air Force Ones that had never been worn. That was the first time. He was, he was faded up. He, the waves was popping. He had all that beer going on. His friends walked up to the tape table. It was a, it was a man's conference. And, and Bishop had already given a warning, don't you be out here looking thirsty. <laughs> it's on all of us. Don't be out there looking like you thirsty. Oh, okay, you know, I, I got that. I can do that. I'm sitting out there. Subsequently, I had on a white button-up shirt, some jeans, and a tie. Because that was the uniform of the day. And uh, he came on by with his people, and he was the first up because he was uh, Pastor Thompson's armor bearer. And so I said, hello, everyone. Everybody else spoke. <laughs> he did, see, 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 see? I told you, I told you. He believes that. He turned, he turned right around and kept on walking. I was like, okay. Okay. See, see? Let's get off of that because it's going to be a situation. Okay. So now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. For inside the fish, Jonah prayed a prayer to, to the Lord his God. And he said, then Jonah prayed a prayer to the Lord, his God, from inside the fish. It was in my great trouble, I cried to the Lord, and he answered me. For the depths of death, I called the Lord, and he heard me. 
And so when I was reading the prayer, I was like, is this sincere? You know what I mean? Like, you, you know how sometimes you're praying a prayer and you're already upset with God, but you know you can't really talk reckless like you want to? For real. You know, you really can't talk, you know, like, what's, what's up? What's, what's all this? You know, you really can't do that because, you know, you, you still have a fear and trembling happening, you know. You don't go too far with the Lord, you know. You know. So, you, so I was reading it like, is this really what he's saying or is this like sarcasm or like, you know, trying to be humble, like really falsely, like, oh, you delivered me from the depths of, of the ocean and, oh, God, you blessed me and you threw me into the ocean's depth. I sank down to the floods of the water and was covered by your wild and stormy waves. Because that's a real huge transition from death to just, you know, all of a sudden now we're in, the, in a whale, you're, you're thankful? Like, okay, so then he goes on to say, I sank beneath the waves and the death was, and death was very near. The waters closed above me. The seaweed wrapped itself around my head. I went down to the bottoms of the mountain that rose from the ocean floor. I was locked out of life and imprisoned in the land of death. But Lord, oh my God, you snatched me from the yearning jaws of death. When I had, had lost all hope and turned my thoughts once more to the Lord and my earnest prayer went to you, to the holy temple. Those who worship false gods have turned their backs on all the mercies waiting for them to the, on the Lord. So I was like, um, we're saying a lot right here. And not that it's not true, but have you, have you ever been in something where you were upset with God? You still prayed, but you was just kind of like, okay, God, for real. Like, what, what more? No, for real, you like, what? God, come on, like, what more? What, how much more of this can I take? How much more of this are you going to allow? Yes, I'm grateful for you getting me out of that, but can you get me out of this? Yes, I'm, 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 I thank you for doing that, but can you do this? Yes, I've asked you a thousand times to save me again, but can you do this? Have y'all ever been there? It's not, you, you're almost frustrated. Still in the place of wanting to pray and wanting to hear God, but you really, it's almost like, complaining. Not quite complaining, but you're almost like, Jesus, for real. Like, I have, I have done all I, I know to do. I'm trying to do. Okay, I messed it up, but now I'm trying to fix it. But now I'm stuck in this well. What, what is it? But around verse 9, he kind of comes into himself. Right around verse nine, something switches. So at seven, it says, when life was eating away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God and love to them. But then he says, but. I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you. It, that's, that's, that's right when something switched in him. Right, right at the point, because, you know, but is a conjunction, right? It's a conjunction word. And so when you use but, it's used to introduce a phrase or a clause, and it gives a contrast with what was already mentioned. So he had already said, he had already, like, fussed and complained, 
Then he said, but, and you, and you, 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 you know the but gods. Um, I could have lost my mind, but God. I could have been dead and gone, but God. I could have lost my house, but God. I could have been out of here, but God. My children could have been without me, but God. See, but God is the intervention. That's God getting in the middle of what was supposed to kill you. That's him getting in the way of what was supposed to happen. That's him stepping in the middle. That's him getting in the middle of the storm and saying, no more. Right? So he says, he says, but I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you. He suddenly got real comfortable with being in the way. Not, not because he, he didn't want to get out, but he was grateful. Because I think at that moment he discovered this wasn't punishment, this was rescue. That this was God giving me another chance. That this but God was God giving me another chance. But, oh, I, I didn't do it right the first time, but God. I didn't get it right the first time, but God. I didn't say what I was supposed to say the first time, but God. I had an attitude with this person and I repent, but God. I didn't do it, but, but God. I didn't do it, but God. I didn't do it, but God. But God, but God, but God. And we've all had those. Those, it, it, it most often is used after a negative statement, but. He stumbled, but he didn't fall. He, he, he's, he almost died, but, now he, but he's a shadow of a man now. You see, you see how it, it kind of goes together? It, it cancels out. So, so anytime you say something and then follow it with but, you, you tend to cancel what came before. God, I know you're going to bless me, but this still hurts. You canceled it. Mm. Mm. God, you said you were going to. God, I know you're going to bless me. I know that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. I know that. But can you just. You canceled what you said before. You, you, you shut off what you said before. Because one thing for sure is God can't live in negative space. And, and, and his words cannot produce in negative space. And, and some of the times I think we get caught up because we release a word and then cancel it. Or, or we let somebody else cancel it. Because they'll say something and then you don't correct it. They'll say something out loud to you and then you won't correct it. Oh, girl, you, you upset again? You got attitude again? No, I don't have no attitude. I'm fine. No, this ain't that. You won't cancel it. Or you'll say, oh, you know me, girl. So then you confirm what they said, which null and voids what you pray. Oh, oh, girl, yes, let's go drive by this house. I want to see this house because I like it. You going to live over there? You want that house? Oh, that's just too big for me. But you don't cancel it by saying it's not too big for me. It's, it's, not, it's not out of the way for me. It's, it's, not, it's not, oh, girl, yes, uh, your, your children, they're, they're, he's, they're just not getting it. Oh, no, that's not true. They get it. 
math will be a struggle no more. They get it. No, they're not. They, no, no, they get it. And, and you don't tell them they don't get it. You don't get to tell them they don't get it. Oh, well, they're having a hard time in school. Uh, mm, no, they're not. They're not having a hard time in school. Can't cancel that. Now, there are some things we're going to address, but they're not having a hard time in school. And that's not, that's not, that is not denial. You ignoring it is denial. That's not denial. But don't let people just say whatever they want to say over you. They don't have that right. And the minute you don't say anything, silence is agreement. You've agreed with the word. You've agreed what was said. So instead of, so I said, okay, God, you said, but is, is, is a conjunction and it cancels out. Well, what is the conjunction? What is the conjunction that I use? And, and, and is addition. And is an addition to. So it is, it is, and is, is how you join two positives together. John 15 and seven, but if you stay in me and obey my commands, you may ask any request you like and it will be granted. If you stay in me and, addition, obey my commands, you may ask anything you like and it will be added to you. Psalms 34 and eight, oh taste and see. That's two parts of responsibility for you. It's to taste and to see. So it's taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him, Psalms 23 and 6. Surely goodness and mercy, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Um, uh, come, 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 somebody, come, 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 come. I need about four people, come on. Because you got you to gotta see it. Sometimes visuals are real good. That way for me. Oh, you sharp, minister, sir. Hey. Amen. Okay, so it says, taste and see. So, taste and see. So that, that doesn't leave you, though. That stays with you. So wherever you go, it's with you. It's taste and see. And then he says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And then he says, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. I am above and not beneath. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. So on assignment, I'm not going by myself. So he wasn't walking into Nivea by himself because he had taste and see. He had goodness and mercy. He had no weapon formed. He had all of this walking with him. So if you run, guess what? They run with you. If you walk, they walk with you. If you stop, they stop with you. If you walk again, 
they move with you. They come with you. They come with you because to be absent in the body is to be present with the Lord. I don't think that was just in death. To be absent in your body is to be present with the Lord. To be absent of your flesh, to be absent of your worry, to be absent with your concern means that I'm present. Then he says, the Holy Spirit will walk with you and talk to you and tell you take two steps to the right. Then he'll tell you take two steps to the left. Then he'll tell you take, stop right here. Then he'll say, now you're going into this land and they may not like you, but that's okay. But what I want you to know is that I'm with you. And as long as goodness and mercy follow you, as long as you've tasted and seen, as long as you know that I am good, as long as I am your shield and your strength, as long as you know that, then you can walk into anything. So then the Holy Spirit takes position as your corner man. So he's on the right shoulder saying, yes, you can. Yes, you will. Yes, you can. Yes, you will. There is nothing you cannot do without me. There is nothing is too hard for me. Nothing is impossible with God. This sickness is not to destroy you. This bill will not leave you hanging. This will not be a, this ain't gonna kill you, baby. This is gonna grow you. You will not die in this. Your children will not die in this. You will not be left behind. That's it. That's it. Some of y'all need to start taking some laps. You need to start taking some laps. No, I'm serious. You need to start taking some laps. You need to know somebody's walking with you. You need to, yeah. You need to take some laps. You need taste and see. Yeah. You need goodness and mercy. Yeah. You need to take these laps. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Oh, I've tasted and I've seen you have never that the righteous be forsaken.
get your wife. Go get your spouse. We purpose partners for real. We for real. We for real. We for real. Yeah, I can't do it without you. Yeah. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. joining us special thanks to those of you who give generously and make this ministry outreach possible click the link in the description to give now or visit hcio.org podcast for more information be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends even tag us on social media at harvest church kc thanks again for listening 